Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wheeler winds up and a 1-2 pitch. Breaking ball. Strike three. Called. Got him looking. And Cronenworth, the eighth strikeout victim of the night for Zach Wheeler, who goes seven scoreless innings here in game one of the NLCS. Zach Wheeler has been simply brilliant. There you go. Scott Fransky. That's what we need tonight. It's all we need tonight. By the way, one of the partners Scott Fransky worked with during this year was one of my favorite Phillies over the years, Turkey Bacon himself, Eric Kratz, who's nice enough to join us. How are you doing? I am doing great. I never heard that I was one of your favorites, though. I, feel I like interviewed you, so you're not going to remember this, but when we, years ago on WIP, we went down to spring training, and we yep. were doing a game, and you hit a home run in this game. Yep. You were, like, trying to make the team, and then you came, like, still during the game after they took you out, and we interviewed you, and you were a riot. And I thought, what a nice guy this guy is, so... It's the only That's time good. we've ever spoken, but I remember it. I'm surprised <laughs> you don't. Um, all right, Mike Skielski, Glenn Mack. Now, Eric, you you got around in the major leagues, made the most of it. I'm kind of looking here. It appears that in 11 seasons you played for eight different clubs. Yeah, eight different clubs. Um, and made the playoffs a few times and suggests to me that you have been in the position that the Phillies are in tonight of an elimination game. I just kind of wanted to get from you, particularly a guy who's a catcher, because I always think catchers are smarter, kind of the, you know, what goes through your mind, the psychology of facing elimination. Oh, man, the psychology of facing elimination is something, uh, it's, when you're in that moment, if you have any doubt, you're never going to win. I've been in moments where, like, I've lost in Game 7, ALCS to the Astros, Game 7 of the World Series to the Giants, Game 7 to the Dodgers in the NLCS. Um, so I've seen it. And a lot of clubhouse. Wow. Yeah, a lot, a lot of games. Well, game, game 5, I was sitting on the bench for the, uh, the game where Holiday versus Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And so you think – I mean, you, you think – so as a fan – you sit there, and when you're not playing, that's what you are. You're just a fan with awesome seats. And you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, what, what, what do we have to do to win? Okay, the first guy got out. Oh, man, this is bad. This isn't bad. But when you're playing in those games, you're, it's like an extra level of ultra-focus. 
And when things start going your way, I hear all the time, I hear Howard Eskin say, oh, there's no momentum in baseball. There's no momentum. You know, there's 100% momentum. Because when you get a big hit, it is just something that just continues to roll. Now, if you don't get any hits, if, if Wheeler comes out and he's got, you know, three scoreless and Astros really don't have anything going, then you're just kind of waiting on edge. You're waiting on edge, and guys kind of get into like an extra inning mentality of, okay, well, i got to be the one that does it. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's just a matter of being okay with seeing the positive and everything, and that can be tough in baseball. Eric, we've had a couple callers ask about um, potentially the Phillies changing their lineup a little bit tonight to account for the fact that guys like Reese Hoskins or Nick Castellanos haven't been hitting lately. In your experience, what would be the effect to the team if, hypothetically, Rob Thompson were to change his lineup before tonight's game? I, I think guys would they'd figure it out. Like you would, you'd be like, okay, well, I just got to do my part anyway. I don't think anybody's feelings would be hurt. I think it would be a ton of second guessing afterwards if it doesn't go well. But I think it would be more detrimental than it would be helpful. Like, I'm going to quote Charlie Manuel because you have guys in your lineup that are really good. If you don't think Reese Hoskins is good enough, don't put him in there. But Charlie Manuel would always say, well, you know, if he's, if he's, not, if he's not swinging well, that, that means I better move him up in the lineup because he's about to get hot. <laughs> and that's, and, and that, that is the mentality that Topper has. When I would talk to him during the season, he trusts these guys so much that you know what, at some point, you might trust them to a fault. And a lineup that knows, if you know, okay, this guy, he pitched to this guy this way, I see a trend, now all of a sudden, you're at bat, feels like you've had this at bat before. And I get it. I get it. Hoskins has, you know, Hoskins and Real Muto both have the same same amount of strikeouts, you know, and they're both leading the postseason ever in strikeouts. And I get that. But what have we seen this series? It's all about one pitch. It's all about one at bat. And you never know if that's going to be the one that wins the game for you, which pushes you to game seven, which ultimately wins the World Series for you. Uh, Eric Kratz is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric with a K, Kratz, K-R-A-T-Z, 11. So, um, not not eleven, nineteen. Oh, wait. Actually, I got it now. I got Eric Kratz thirty-one. Hold on, I'm going to find your Twitter account. Oh, thirty-one. Yes, there it is. Eric Kratz thirty-one. We're both wrong. There you go. E R I K K R A T Z thirty-one. All right. We do if, really- if you guys aren't if you guys aren't careful, Elon's going to kick you both off of Twitter. Right. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, as a longtime major league catcher who spent your career uh, handling major league pitchers. You got Zach Wheeler coming in tonight, who was so good early in the playoffs, uh, and has you know said by all accounts he's gassed. He, he doesn't have much left. What do you, if you're the manager, if you're the catcher, what do you try to squeeze out of him tonight on what figures to be? After tonight, he's got a hundred days to rest. You get everything you can. You make sure you find out how he feels, and you hopefully you can get an honest answer. And the game's going to really rely on JT. Uh, you know, Zach's not going to have – he's not going to have 99. Okay. 
So how do we attack? Do we attack him more like if I'm trying to think of somebody that doesn't throw 99? You know, you, you kind of look at it that way. He still has a sinker. He still has he still has the will to want to do it. And if his stuff isn't there, and that's got to be an in-game evaluation, then you have to you have to maybe attack him a little bit differently. I would never say to anybody, hey, nibble a little bit. But you saw what happened in the last game in Houston when he just attacked. You know, his stuff wasn't quite as sharp. He didn't have that last little bite on his fastball or his breaking ball, and they hit it early in the count. So his mentality is, I'm attacking the zone. I'm going to attack the zone, and I'm going to get out that way. He has enough control that he might need to be able to nibble. I'm not saying that's the game plan. I'm saying in the moment, you know if a guy doesn't have his stuff. And JT needs to be able to communicate that to Zach, but he also needs to be able to communicate that to Topper so Topper can make a in-game, non-analytical decision of, hey, you know what? My guy doesn't got it. Or, you know what? This guy's the chief, and I'm going to keep him in there just like you know the Rays didn't do when Blake Snell was in the game. Mm. Eric, the Phillies were kind of poised to take control of the series, it seemed, after Game 3. You know, you win 7 nothing, you hit five home runs, uh, and then the Astros come back and win those two games at Citizens Bank Park. What is it, apart from the cheating, <laughs> about the Astros <laughs> um, that— you know you're talking to a former Astro, by the way. I know, I know. Um, but what is it that, about them that kind of gives them this? I mean, obviously they're really good, but is there something else going on here that keeps them kind of cool in these situations, so to speak? Experience is the first thing everyone's going to say. Yes, they're very good, but I think their process is something that it's just like leaving Reese in a two-hole. It's the process of, hey, these guys can do it, leave them where they are, and continue that process. And the process is they don't strike out a lot, and they walk more than everybody else. So it's, you know, it's one of those, they're, they're in the top five in both categories. And so in games when you need a dinger, yeah, they can supply that, but they're just going to be there and constantly be a gnat and constantly be able to work at bats, and I'm not saying the strikeout is awful, because I do believe that the home run versus the strikeout is way more valuable, all that stuff, but this is the World Series. This is why the Dodgers have been here so often, or have been to the point so often, and they haven't won it. In these games, you got to be able to have some grit, and that's why I think the Phillies have gotten to where they are, because they have that grit, they have that in a, in a sense, not to be corny, but they have that Philly mentality, and they've embraced that, and that's what's got them to this point. No matter what it is, that's how you can get to this point, and then when you hit some dingers, it works out, and the Astros just encompass all of that. And the thing that's crazy to me is the fact that the Astros, cheating or not cheating, their minor league system just keeps churning out people. Yes. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. we'll get rid of Correa turn someone else out. Like, really, like, the cheaters that are on the team anymore are Yuli and Bregman. Because I would bet the house Altuve didn't cheat because of playing with him several different times in my career. And so it's just those three guys. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest, you know, so I think it's really, it's changed so much, and yet they're still in this position. All right, and you mentioned the farm system, and that's what I want to ask you about, and specifically with pitching. Um, and I don't know when you were there if this was going on, but I read a, read a piece by Tyler Kepner in the New York Times the other day about how they just – they get these kids out of the Dominican. They're not regarded as top 100 prospects, but they just find a way. They, they either see something or find a way to develop it in the minor leagues so that guys like Javier and Framber Valdez, who's going to pitch tonight, just become these hellacious, unhittable pitchers. Did, did, I guess uh, the first part of it is, did you see that while you were there? Or short of that, what do you see in how they develop that pitching staff? I didn't see it while I, was, while I was there. While I was there, it was the young position players that came up and really mm-hmm. okay. made that impact, and you've seen those guys through, through the years. But it's really the, I assume, based on the people that I know that are in the organization, they don't have a secret sauce. They're not like, okay, hey, nobody tell anybody, but, you know, we put our, you know, we we put all our baseballs in water and then we have the Dominican kids throw heavy baseball. You know, it's nothing. there's right. no secret sauce. Yeah. But what it is, is they have a group of people in the organization that truly delves into these kids, whether it's Dominican kids, whether it's American kids, and they put them in the situation to succeed. And I know you're like, oh, well, that sounds easy. Why doesn't everybody do it? Well, how many people have you worked with that are turds and they don't, you know, they don't talk nicely about their other coworkers? They I don't, don't believe you know, that's a question I should answer on the air, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Everybody's are you talking about me, Mac? Now, are uh, you talking about me? You're, you're too new to feel that way. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. You're you're exactly right. Like it's like if you sit there and you say, "Okay, we have three parts of the organization. We have." the baseball side, the analytics side, and the business side. And that's, that's how we, you know, that's how we're going to work things. And, you know, the baseball side never understands our analytics side. And the analytic never un- side understands the baseball side. No, they're working in the same direction. They're all pushing for the same thing. And it's the success of the organization. And they find it just like any other Fortune 500 company does. They find it by the employees, the players. They help them become the best that they can. Because with every Brian Abreu that comes out, there's a Jose Cruz that doesn't. There's a, you know, there's so many that don't make it. But how do you treat those guys and put everybody in the same position to hopefully have success? I hear you. Eric Kratz, it's, uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, again, really enjoyed your uh, work this year with Scott Fransky. Look here, forward to hearing you again. Uh, hey, we'll call you, we'll call you uh, after the World Series parade. Deal. I'll put it in the book. In All pencil. Right. In pencil, hey. not in pen, just like <laughs> Dusty Baker. Got it. Eric, thank you uh, so much. No doubt. Thank you, guys. All right, man. Be Thanks, well. Eric. Very sharp guy. Very sharp guy. The pride of Telford, PA. Oh, there you go. Turkey yeah, bacon. Chris, yeah, Christopher Doc. Mennonite. Yeah, you know where everybody went to high school, don't you? Well, Google's an amazing thing, Glenn. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, let us get to our pal uh, Kenny from the Dirty 30. But I saw him recently. Hey, Ken. Glenn, uh, I want to talk about sports, but I can, I'd be remiss if I did not mention to Philadelphia what an absolute fabulous play Clue was 
how incredibly funny and entertaining. You had the best lines, Glenn. I did. And Script works. You were absolutely the, the best actor possible to be able to concentrate with that Miss Scarlet actress. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Uh, truth. <laughs> yes. And, and by the way, Kenny won tickets on WIP, came out last night, which I really appreciate. I'm glad you had a good time. And yes, I do play across a, a woman, an actress who is um, stunningly gorgeous. That is correct. Easy on the eyes. Yes, that's my wife. She was with us there. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, I just want to compliment you. Thank you so much. Now, Well, but- thank you for coming. We had a great time. And uh, again, final show tonight at 8 o'clock, Players Club of Swarthmore. Who's got anything better to do tonight? Yes. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> did you? Oh, one um, last thing, and then we'll get to sports. Because uh, I didn't mention it to you. Did you uh, notice, I'm sure you noticed, did you enjoy the surprise voice at the beginning of the radio announcer? Well, yeah, it was Angel- Angelo and Conklin made, uh, made cameos uh, voice-wise. And, yes. uh They did a fabulous job. Uh, Angelo proved once again that he does his best work when no one can see him. <laughs> Make sure you tell them that. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to talk Eagles, which, hey, I'm happy to do. We are happy to do. I, you know, the thing about football, I love football more than any other sport. I absolutely love the Phillies. This has been a great run. But here's the thing. When football has their playoffs, as intense as they are, it's one day a week so we can all recover. Baseball, hockey, basketball, this seven-game series. And they go to midnight in the East Coast or 1 o'clock, and they go for weeks. I'm exhausted. I'm enjoying it. But, man, I am tired. And, and it takes the Phillies to be in the World Series to take the attention away from the only undefeated team in the ooh, NFL. Ooh, I, have good news. I have good news for you, though. Yeah. Tomorrow. Watch out, ahead. After, turn off your GPS. Tomorrow, after the Phillies win game seven, you get an extra hour of sleep. <laughs> That's right. No, wait, wait, no. Isn't it tonight that it switches over? Yeah, I think Is we get the extra hour oh, tonight. Tonight, after they win yes. game six, you get an extra <laughs> hour of sleep. Sorry. There you go. All right. I'm pretty fried myself. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 this is such such a fun but exhausting time right now. I'm just enjoying every minute of it. And the, the young kids, uh, you know, my, my kids are uh, young teenagers right now that they're, this is the first time they're going through, and it's just so much fun to see the excitement in their eyes because they never had this uh, opportunity before. And uh, I just want everybody in Philadelphia to savor this. We get many of these, and let's just enjoy this autumn on a 70-degree day in, in early November, and um, life is good right now. And, Glenn, you're a fabulous actor. Uh, it's very kind. It was very nice to see you yesterday night. I really appreciate it. Mike, I think you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Your sons are 10 and 8, 11 and 8? 11 and 8, yeah. 11 and, 11 and 8. So this, for them, is the first time they've gotten to experience this. Yeah, it is. And uh, as I said, the 11-year-old in particular is really into it. Um, he's been following religiously. Uh, he had gotten back into baseball at the start of the playoffs, even apart from the Phillies. He just liked watching the games. There were so many games at the start of the playoffs that it was basically every day was a triple header and he was coming home from school and flipping on whatever game happened to be on TV at the time at four o'clock in the afternoon and really got back into it. The eight-year-old, not so much, but what's, um, the eight-year-old actually said the other day uh, during game five, uh, my wife was putting the two of them to bed and he said, uh, I'm rooting for the Astros now um, because if they win, that means dad comes home sooner. Oh, so, no. That's, <laughs> God, um, which is why I love him so much. You know, oh, that's God. that's you know. It, it, on the one hand, it was like 
it just it warmed my heart and on the other hand it was like well boy, boy don't tell your classmates that <laughs> yeah, oh my well i mean it's certainly it's, it's endearing but like oh it breaks your heart at the same time well yeah uh, it does no disrespect to your son i hope he gets you back after the parade wednesday how's that i i understand where you're coming from sir all right 215-592-9494 uh, a lot of phillies today obviously with game six of the world series always happy to talk about the eagles coming up a quick what we're watching. I'm going to give you a great show that uh, actually has a nice Philly flair to it right now. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right. What we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Receive 20% off all windows and doors with no money down and up to three years to pay it off interest-free. Call Guided Door and Window today, one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at go, G-U-I-D-A dot com. All right, Mike. So I, the show I'm about to talk about, I reviewed several years back. It's a Netflix show produced and starring a guy named Phil Rosenthal. Uh, a he giant. Was the, pardon me? A giant in in, in- Comedy and entertainment. Indeed. He was the executive producer of the show Everybody Loves Raymond. He's actually in loosely the character Ray Romano was based on. 
Um, he's a guy. He's a very funny guy. He's not a food critic. It's a show about food, but he's not a food critic really. But he goes to these amazing places all over the world to explore local food and culture. And so a new season just dropped October 22nd. And during this season, he's going to uh, Croatia and Chile and Maine and Philadelphia. (laughs) That's a a motley crew of locations there. Yeah, it gets around. So he's here, and um, the the show, as I said, the, the season just dropped, and so he's at Laser Wolf with Michael Solomonov and his and his pal comedian Patton Oswalt, and he's he's with Mark Vetri at uh, Fiorella Pasta with their mutual friend Liz Scott, who's the director of Alex's Lemonade, and so he goes to those places, but but he also goes to the places that make this city Philadelphia. Uh, not that those places aren't, because those places mm-hmm. are great, but he he doesn't go to the tourist traps, right? So he goes to D'Alessandro's for a cheesesteak, and he goes to John's Roast Pork, and mm. he goes to South Philly Barbacoa and Pizzeria Badia and Angelo's Pizza, and he gets ice cream at Franklin Fountain, and he spends a day at Reading Terminal. And, I mean, to be honest, these are a lot of my favorite places that I've gone to for my food hunts over the years. Um, I love these places and all of this in a one hour show. And he is, Phil is funny and it's an easy watch and you, you're going to watch this and you're going to want to get on your, out of your house and go eat at all of these local treasures. Um, so again, I don't want to spend too much time because we had so much mm-hmm. going on, but the name of the show is somebody feed Phil and this particular episode, which you can find on Netflix makes our city look great um and not in a touristy way really finds the places around town that you you will you should you probably already do love this is this is anthony bourdain if anthony bourdain was just a huge goofball <laughs> well it's really what I'll it add, is i'll add two quick things glenn and, and as you said we can we can i didn't know you what you you watched the show I haven't seen it yet. I'm familiar okay. with Phil Rosenthal, obviously. And, and just as I said, two quick things. Number one, he married a girl from Delaware County. His wife yes. is Monica Aran, who is from Darby. And if you watched Everybody Loves Raymond, she played Robert's on and off girlfriend slash wife, Amy. Yes. Uh, terrific actress. Um, and as I said, a Delco girl. And, yeah, secondly, and by the way, I, she, she appears on this episode. Oh, that's um, cool. Because he brings a local. And he go I forget which place he goes to, but he brings all her high school friends and her to out to dinner. And she's she's good. She's funny too. Yes. Yeah, she's a Prendy uh, alum, uh, Archbishop Prendy. Uh, as we and said, then, Mike Sealski yeah. knows where everybody went to high school. <laughs> and then the second thing, Glenn, I am so hungry now, having oh, listened my. to you list all those places. I, yes. And here I am in Houston. I'm, I, I don't know if I can get barbecue at you know ten thirty in the morning, but after you know, I may run out during a break and try um, yeah. because I'm really hungry now. Well, uh, watch this show when you come back, and uh, but make sure you either watch it on a full stomach or you're ready to get out on the train, on the subway, and go to all of these local gems because it shows it shows off. I think Philadelphia is a great food town, and I think Philadelphia yes. is a great food town not just because it has the high-end places that you can go on an expense account or go for a special celebration, but is a great food town because the sandwiches here are amazing, and Reading Terminal is an incredible place, and we are part of the Pizza Belt where you can get great pizza 
um, and and all of that, and that's what this episode shows. And so I loved it. Oh, so there right. you go. I will definitely check it out once the World Series has ended. Yes, indeed. Somebody yeah. feed Phil is the name of the show. Watch the the Philadelphia episode that just dropped. All right, let's go to Steph in Mount Airy. What's happening, Steph? Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd much rather talk about Prendy Girls and our experience with, <laughs> with Prendy Girls than Nick Castellanos. So, <laughs> I, 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 I did. Do you have experience with Prendy Girls, Mike? I, I, I yes, actually... I do. I, yes, I do. I, I, I <laughs> dated an Archbishop Prendergast girl when I was in college at LaSalle. Um, so, yes, and I have experience, and we'll leave it at that. Because <laughs> yeah. I am a man of... We'll of Class and grace and discerning, you, don't tell. you know, being discerning on the radio. Exactly. Certainly when it comes to the radio, I think it's a good policy. Not that I want to talk about Nick very much, though. Yeah. But, man, my point, I guess, is that you can't lump him in uh, as a batter who is not hitting the ball right now. I mean, if you look at his season, I've never seen a guy give away more at-bats over the course of the year. And, um, I mean, really, his last game, we could be more encouraged. It was one of his more encouraging games, and he went 0 for 4, but he did turn in a couple good at-bats, and he lined out once. So that's where we're at as a guy who's batting right behind, you know, almost our entire offense right there. So I think – I think it was least. a lost season for him, um, and I don't and I don't know why. There is a history of free agents moving from one team to another, and then having the first year be a down year, and then coming back. I mean, we've certainly seen that. But I'm just looking. I just called up his page on on Baseball Reference, and I mean, 2021 to refresh people's minds. 100 RBIs, 34 home runs, OPS at 939, All-Star, 12th in MVP voting, Silver Slugger. I this know. year, thir- and he was healthy this year, 13 home runs, 694 OPS. Mike, like, his OPS dropped 245 points this year. Yeah, arguably, it was interesting. Yeah. Go ahead, Steph. I was going to say he's arguably the worst hitter in the lineup batting behind Bryce Harper. I mean, it's just a fact that you know, just poor at bats. I, I find that he has an enormously long swing. I don't know how he put up the numbers he did a couple of years ago. He's very long to the ball. He looks like, with that swing, it looks like he has to kind of ha- guess hit almost all the time. That's why he's number one in swing percentage, you know. No walks, no homers. It's just a black uh, Mike, hole. what do you think? Well, I, it was interesting, Glenn. I, I spoke with... I was amongst several media members who talked to Castellanos after Game 5 um, because he was the last out of the game. He had come up earlier in the game with a chance to do some damage and, and didn't. And he insisted um, that he was feeling better at the plate, that he felt in control. But I think there's a there's a good point that Steph makes there. He, he does seem like his swing is long, that um, even when he fouls pitches off, he seems a little defensive um, up there. And... You know, maybe you write this off as a loss. You just have to write it off as a lost season for him because, as you said, Glenn, go back and look at his full track record. I mean, starting in 2016, his his OPS pretty much is 800 or higher yep. every single year. Um, I mean, he was very consistent. It's not as if the Phillies went out and gave him five years and $100 million based on one or two years of great production after 
a lot of years of not so great production. He was very much a consistent, very good power hitter for a while with multiple teams. So there was no reason to think there would be this drop-off um, both in the regular season and now in the postseason. Yeah, yeah I, Steph, I agree. I, I, I hear you, man. Thanks. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, Maybe there's something at the end of the year we learn that he played all year with a, some kind of injury that they never disclosed. Maybe it's just yeah. the pressure of moving – you know, he played played for Cincinnati the last couple of years. It's not the pressure-packed city it is here, but I, I always hate that argument, but I, I don't know. I, all I know yeah. is they signed him to a huge contract for, what, four or five years? And five years, yes. Five years, $100 million, and he better come back and do it next year because one year is an anomaly, two years is a trend. The big irony, of course, is it is he's among the worst defensive outfielders in the major leagues, and here he is. That's where he's earned his keep in the postseason. Yeah, but I don't think Dave Dombrowski gave him $100 million no, to be no, a, a, no, a good field, no-hit no right fielder. No, I'm not saying um, that he did. I, you know, and and I, will, I will point this out too, Glenn, that um, Castellanos' wife has been on Twitter uh, pointing out that fans have been kind of mistreating her and her oh, family and that sort of good. thing, oh, that's which is not good. good. Uh, never, never. Right, never, ever good. No, um, so you don't, you don't want to see wife that. who just buys beer for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to, uh, there's a lot going on there. And as you said, I'm sure we will find out the full story once game six and or game seven have come and gone. Yeah. All right. Let's get to Rory in Haddon Township. Wants to talk about the manager. Hey, uh, Rory, how are you? Hi, how you doing guys? Hi Good. Rory. Um, First, I want to preface my remarks by saying that uh, you two are great together, and uh, you're a wonderful team, and I hope that somewhere down the line, maybe when uh, football and baseball season's over, we get Mike to uh, pair with you, Glenn, on Sunday, too. Get him? Uh, I don't think it's going to change. I enjoy working with Mike on Saturday, Jody on Sunday, and I think it's, it's working great, but thank you for that compliment. Um, I want to talk, there's a saying, and I'm not sure who said it, I could have Googled it while I was waiting, but... The saying is, foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. And Mike made a point about staying the course with this lineup, and I have to disagree. I think substituting for Castellanos and pinch hitting for Marsh isn't panicking. It's just substituting for a player that's just not performing. I definitely would have substituted for Marsh. Maybe with Garrett Stubbs, who's a great punter, left-handed hitter. He's got a couple of drag-on hits this year. Play for the run. And don't worry about hurting anybody's feelings, you know? Here's, here's the thing, Rory. Uh, Garrett Stubbs is the only player on the Phillies roster who hasn't played in the postseason. Um, and if you're going to send him up with first and third in the bottom of the eighth inning of Game 5 of the World Series in the make-or-break moment of not only Game 5, but maybe the entire series... Um, I'm not sure that's necessarily the best route to take. Well, okay, let's take Stubbs out of the picture. Substitute somebody else that has played in, in the World Series and have them bunt or, or do something. For as good as they say Marsh is going to be, he can hit a fastball right now, and I think that's why the Angels traded him. Now, By the way, he, he can be- bunt. If, if, you're, if you are wanting to bunt, that is one thing that Marsh can do, and I heard on Angelo's show the other day that when he was with the Angels this year, he successfully executed – uh, a squeeze bunt. Um, okay. If that but, was your strategy, you could have you could have used him, but well, yeah, I, there's, I, there's, there's a, I hear your frustration. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of things that can go, can go wrong with a bunt too. Suppose he bunts it too hard and bunts into a double play. Um, you know, th- there is a little bit, and I get it. Look, it, you're in that situation. You have the number nine hitter in the lineup up. It, it is the kind of scenario that, you know, allows for creative managing. Hey, do we start the runner? Do we hit and run? Do we squeeze? Do we do something? Those options are open to you. But there is a little bit of... Monday morning quarterbacking going here because Marsh struck out on three pitches. It doesn't necessarily mean he was swinging from the heels. It doesn't necessarily mean that if Rob Thompson had tried to get creative, it necessarily would have worked out. Let's uh, say hi to Pete in Springfield. Hey, Pete. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Great. Hi, Pete. Hey, um, you know, I, I, I get a call. I respect you guys. I love this show and stuff. Uh, I wish Mike all the best, but I'm getting tired of people with um, selective memory, okay, when it comes to Nick Castellanos. Was he great during the season? No, he wasn't, okay? But the fact of the matter is, you, without a bat, you do not get past the Braves. This, you know, he, I think he batted close to five, 500 against the Braves. It's six or seven RBIs. It's some clutch hits against the Padres. You know, the real culprit on this team is Reese Hoskins, okay? And I'm tired of it. Reese, number one, it's interesting that you talk about selective memory, and I think you're forgetting some of Hoskins' contributions. This okay, postseason. home run, strikeout. Home run, strikeout. Okay, fine. At I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take home run, strikeout. That's that's that sounds well, good. Carrying, at least when Castellano strikes out, who'll do it swinging? Well, we'll put the uh, bat on the ball, and he gets if he gets out, he puts the bat on the ball. Hoskins the other night walked away from the plate twice before the pitch was actually in the strike zone. He just walked away. I'm out. I, you got me out. Who, who do you think has been more valuable this postseason of those two? Castellanos. Oh, I disagree. Because there was defense, too. I thoroughly disagree with you. But well, that's I mean, okay. We, we, we I, can I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say this, Glenn. I think, it's, I think Pete makes a decent point in that it's closer than you think because of the defensive component, right? Like, Castellanos saved the Phillies' bacon in Game 1 against the Braves. He saved it against in Game 1 against the Astros. Um True. Look, hey, neither of those so, guys is setting the world on fire. Right. So we're we're, right. we're, we're yeah. arguing. You know, neither's going to get the, get the World Series MVP. On the other hand, um, Hoskins got six home runs and twelve RBIs in sixteen games, which to me is a bigger contribution than those couple of catches Castellanos made. Again, hey, Castellanos ni- like neither guy is going to walk off with the trophy. And yeah. what does Castellanos have? He's he's probably close to ten RBIs so far. I'll let you know in a second. Right. I'll look at too. Yeah, look, look. Some some of what we're we're batting around here has to do with the nature of baseball playoffs. It's everything is tight and condensed, and things can turn very quickly. So, as we pointed out earlier in, earlier in the show, for instance, you know, JT Romuto hits a clutch home run in Game One in the tenth inning to win the game, and he's one for seventeen since then with eleven or twelve strikeouts. Um, that's the nature of postseason baseball. You're, you're rarely going to find somebody who is as consistently great as seven RBS Bryce. For Castellanos, but. Okay, there you go. As consistently great as Bryce Harper has been throughout this postseason. Go back to 2009, for instance. Ryan Howard was the most valuable player of the League Championship Series. He was he, he pretty much single handedly beat the Dodgers, and then 
he had a terrible series against the Yankees. So, right. you know, it, it, it's just the way a, a Okay, but part goes. of it is, you're right, and it's the, you know, you're playing five games, seven games, and if a guy has five bad games in June, nobody really notices, right? You go two for 18 in a stretch in June, it's like, well, whatever. You go two for 18 in the World Series, and you're a bum. However, not that I'm making a huge argument that Reese Hoskins is the MVP in anything, but Castellanos is having a disappointing postseason coming off of a disappointing season. Mm-hmm. Castellanos yeah. has not been hot since 2021. Yeah, no, that's that's all true. And and it's kind of to your point, right, Glenn? Like, you know, the, the Phillies don't beat the Braves without the Hoskins three-run homer in Game 3. And he hits four of them against the Padres. How, how rare is it that a guy hits four home runs in a league championship series and isn't the most valuable player of that league championship series? It's crazy to think about. Um, but you're right. But but again, that's the point of postseason baseball is that a slump can last a game. You know, we've spent a good portion of the show dwelling on one moment in game five about Brandon Marsh and should they have hit and run or should they have had him bunt and all that. And that's what that's what makes playoff baseball great is that you're, we're going to spend years talking about that. Correct. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mackner, come out of a new. Mike Sealski, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. We'll get back to the callers in a moment, but this is the time of the show. We always check in with our friends from Cooper Bone and Joint. Dr. David Gelt is with us this morning. Hello, Doc. Hey, guys. Thanks for the uh, TV wreck. I'm looking uh, forward to listening to that one. It's a great show. Everybody feed Phil, or somebody feed Phil, excuse me. It's a great show you should watch. All right, so uh, two guys we want to ask you about. Let us start with uh, James Harden. And I wish I had more detail on this because I'm sure that would be helpful to you. He has a right foot tendon strain. I can't tell you what tendon it is. I don't even know how many tendons one has in the foot. (laughs) Uh, But he took a hard fall in the game against Washington on Wednesday, stayed on the court for a couple minutes, got up, reached down, grabbed at his knee, not sure how that's related, Um, was in noticeable pain, went to the locker room, and now appears to be out for a month. Again, I can't tell you it's the particular tenon, but do you have any? Can you weigh in on this a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the details are uh, are not there, um, so we're not sure which tendon or how bad it was or where it is. Um, but tendon in, in general, if it's like a, a tendon on the outside of the foot or underneath the foot, um, obviously there's different variations on how bad an injury could be. You could stretch it out. You can have a partial tear or you can have a full tear. Um, initially, he said it was a month, and then I think they came out the other day that it may not be as bad as I thought. Um, so hopefully it's just, uh, you know, a, a strain or a Well, what they parent. said is they're going to reevaluate in two weeks, but I okay. feel like they always say that. Yeah, that's true. True. Um, but with any soft tissue injury, you have to obviously let it heal. Sometimes you have to rest. You may be in a boot now. Um, and then you do some rehab. Hopefully it's not a, a full tear where you have to reconstruct or do any surgery. Um, I'm sure they're going to get some more studies with MRIs and, and such, but, Hopefully it's you know just a, a little setback for the season and we can get back to get rolling. Uh, Dr. Gell, the Eagles pretty obviously missed Jordan Davis <laughs> against the Texans the other night uh, when it came to their run defense. He's got what is believed to be, and I think the Eagles have confirmed, a high ankle sprain. Um, they're saying he's going to be out, what, five weeks, I believe. Um, yeah. What are – tell our audience – how bad a high ankle sprain can tend to be and what kind of 
shape do you think Davis could be in once he comes back? Yeah, so high ankle sprains are, are tough issues. Uh, it's actually sometimes better to even have a, sometimes a fracture than a high ankle sprain just because of the time of recovery. Um, but a high ankle sprain is basically it's in between the shin bone and the bone on the outside. There's a little uh, sheath in between there that can get stretched out and irritated. So if you squeeze the shin with the other uh, with the leg, um, sometimes you get pain there, and that's why it's called a high ankle sprain. Um, but because of that, it can take longer to heal um, versus what normally you do if you twist an ankle and you have an injury uh, on the outside of the ankle or the foot. Um, but usually you have to let this heal. You're in a boot. Sometimes you're non-weight-bearing for a period of time. That's why it take about five to six weeks. Um, and then you have to do some rehab thereafter. Being that he's such a big guy, too, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. So it's a, it's a tough situation with a high ankle sprain. We always want to, if we can avoid that, uh, we can. But unfortunately, it's uh, something that we have to deal with. All right. Well, and more important medical news, what's your medical opinion of tonight's Phillies game in the World Series? Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, it's all up to – I'm not sure about Wheeler. We, I know we didn't talk about him with, uh, you know, is he hurt or does he have a dead arm or, mm-hmm. or what. But hopefully his uh, velocity comes back up. And I'm hoping at least gets through the uh, uh, the Astros lineup at least once or twice maybe, and then we can see how he does. But I think it all comes up to him. And then obviously the bats got to start, you know, start hitting. Well, doctor, Pierce, the, the doctor's hedging, in fact, is a, a true strong. I'm, I'm hoping Game Seven. I, I actually, I was uh, my daughter's soccer game, and someone was telling me that the Phillies have never been in a Game Seven. Uh, correct in their history. That's right. Correct. Yeah. So hopefully, right. uh, we'll, we'll change that. Well, doctor, what do you think about Wheeler and his arm? I mean, can the six days off help him? Should they help him? Uh, I mean, time is is the best thing. I know they actually obviously pushed him. He was supposed to play the other day, and they pushed him to, um, you know until today. So. Uh, we'll see. I mean, his velocity did drop a little bit. I don't know if it was, you know, from his forearm injury that he had you know, last month. That's catching up to him a little bit. You know, he's he's running on fumes right now with any pitcher. But I know. Hopefully, he'll uh, he'll gut it out and we'll uh, we'll have a victory. Well, there you have it, Doctor uh, Geld. Always a pleasure. Enjoy your week. How's your daughter's soccer team, by the way? Are they any good? I had a did run really well that last game today. So. Um, First, second grader, so, you know, it's oh, always fun. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I get it. Right, so mostly they just run around and kick each other. Yeah. Uh, like there's going to be major off-season changes, I think, if it doesn't go well today. I don't right. know. Uh, yeah. Dr. Gelt, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right. Go Phillies. All right. There you go. Take care. Go Phillies. Um, the, and, and he mentioned, or you mentioned, the, the thing with Jordan Davis, which is high ankle sprains are tough to recover from. They're tougher when you weigh 325 pounds. Yes, yes, very much so. That's a lot of weight and pressure that's being put on that ankle. Seeing so, him back yeah. for the playoffs, baby. Maybe it's a situation similar to Zach Wheeler. Well, he'll be, he'll be well rested for the start of the postseason, and we'll go. see how it goes the later the postseason goes. I like it. All right, Bob and Penn Saucon is here. Hey, Bob. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hi, Bob. Hey, guys. Um, talk a little Phillies here. Problem I'm having is with. Uh, he ain't driving the ball. I mean, and I think it's time we do shake it up. I know this is game five of the World Series, or game six, sorry. And it's tough to change a lineup, but it's 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 just basic. We haven't so what done do you, what do you want to do? What, what is your strategy here, Bob? My strategy is, I don't know, put social in a shortstop for a change. Try to get some life going, man. We haven't done nothing at all. It's the same eight, nine guys. It's based on, there's a Bob, reason. 
They are. They are. They got to the World Series. They are now playing their whatever 180 something game of the year of the season. Because starting in June, these players, these players that you are quitting on, these players that you do not believe in, got on this streak that brought them to Game Six of the World Series. And because they have lost two in a row, you are ready to dump the entire thing. I didn't say dump them, Glenn. All I'm saying is Stott is, looks like he's completely tired. I know this is his first rookie. All right, so season. Stott's tired. Segura is no good. Uh, who else do you want to now put on the bench or move on? Now you put words in my mouth, Glenn. I didn't say Segura is not good. I'm just saying we need some life, and he's not doing it, man. I'm sorry. You uh, keep blaming Nick. I mean, why? Seriously. It's not Nick. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what Nick is doing, which is playing poorly, but I am not doing what you are doing, which is saying, you know what, they lost two games in a row, let's just put all the names in a hat and pull them out. I, no, I didn't say that, Glenn. I'm saying make a basic changes, put put Sosa in that shortstop, give Stata game off. That's it, all I'm saying is put some life in it. Uh, There's a reason that Top has been a, a bench coach for 30 years, okay? He made one good move in this whole series by putting Alvarez come in the fifth inning. That's the only thing he's done right in this whole series. He hasn't done nothing all series. One move. He's a bench coach for a reason, Glenn. 30 years. Can you tell me why? All right, Bob. I love you. I'll talk to you next week, pal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. All right, be well. Wow. Um, there's a lot Who's there. Who's going to be the Glenn. National League Manager of the Year, by the way? You have any Probably Rob Thompson. Who, the the Phillies are, I think, what, 30 games over 500 since Thompson took over as manager. Um, Edmundo Sosa, um, who apparently is just this uh, – he's Alex Rodriguez and just hasn't been unleashed yet uh, by Rob Thompson – and I um, listen. I like Sosa as a guy, and if and if well, he's, he's going to he'll play him against certain pitchers, and, that, and that's yeah. Fine. He played him earlier in the series um, yeah. when yeah. when Wheeler started, I believe, game two. Um, but yeah, look, never mind that Gene Segura was the guy who got the the line the RBI single to right center field in the eighth inning that, that made it three to two the other night, um, and it's gotten some big hits throughout the postseason. Look, I, I get it. You know, the, the Phillies are this close. People are frustrated. Um, they're seeing a team that has mashed the ball for virtually the entire postseason, and they see the last two games, and they want change for change's sake to kind of shake them out of it. I- I'm not convinced that's going to work. What they what they need to do is, you know, go out there and and hit Valdez tonight. And the best chance you have to do that is with the players, generally speaking, who have been in the lineup for yeah, this series. And, and I hear what he's saying about Stott. Stott, I believe, doesn't have a hit yet in the World Series. So I, I'm not arguing that Scott Stott is cold. I'm not even arguing that it would be a terrible change if that's what the manager thinks. But I guess we've had maybe one call too many today that says, you know what? Everything that got him there, let's just like throw that all in the trash and start anew. This team needs a shakeup. It doesn't need a shakeup. It just needs to hit the ball. Yeah, and, and the other thing at play here, Glenn, real quick, is that the Astros, again, are really, really good. Yeah, they're you know, anybody who went into this thinking the Phillies were going to roll them in four or five games, sorry, yeah. that is not the opponent that they're up against. No, the pitcher tonight is really tough, but we will remain confident. Coming up, we're going to talk some football with our pal Derek Gunn. Coming up next, Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack, now on 94 WIP.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.